Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We have got a lot to discuss today. We're going to take a look at the Islanders prospects who are playing over in Europe right now. And yeah, there is still hockey going on in October somewhere. We'll talk about that and how it affects the various prospects that the Islanders have. We'll also take a look at a team that may be an interesting trade partner for the Islanders that we did not mention yesterday on the show. We have our Islanders birthday of the day, and today we also examine Josh Bailey, his season and playoffs that were and where Bales fits into the team as we move forward. So lots to talk about on today's show If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and happenings. All right, so let's start out with some of these prospects that are playing overseas. And it's it's interesting because, you know, we just finished, it seems, not that long ago, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the draft and free agency is underway. And now it's like the hockey world almost feels like it's on pause. And yet... If you think about it, uh, you know, the Islanders' uh, prospects that are playing in parts of Europe are actually playing hockey. Obviously, uh, many of those countries handling the COVID-19 crisis a lot better than we are right now. But uh, let's take a look at some of these prospects over in Sweden. For example, Robin Salo. Uh, playing with Orbro in the Swedish Elite League. And uh, Salo has one goal and three assists so far uh, right now with that team. So in eight games, four points, not bad for Robin Salo. Meanwhile, Alexander uh, Lundkrantz uh, is off to a nice start as well. And... uh, Obviously, the Islanders keeping an eye on him. He was their first selection in the third round of this year's draft. And in 11 games, 
He's got seven goals and 10 points. Not bad for the 18-year-old who is just off to a very nice start. How about Oliver Wallstrom? He is also playing right now in Sweden. He has four points. That's two goals and two assists in five games right now. So uh, Wallstrom on loan to this team in Sweden until things get started once again in North America, and we will certainly keep an eye on his progress. Meanwhile, over in Finland, the biggest name for the Islanders is Otto Koivala. He has played three games right now for HIFK, and he has scored one goal so far in those three games. So we always keep an eye on him, and that is a very good thing. Meanwhile, over in the KHL, the Islanders have Anatoly Golishev, and uh, Golishev, a fourth-round pick of the Islanders in 2016, through 10 games, six goals, and, oh, excuse me, through 14 games, six goals and 10 points over in the KHL, and that is a very good sign for this Islanders prospect. So, again, keeping an eye on this, and there's more information about it up on the Islanders' official team website, but we are always keeping our eyes out for the latest news concerning the New York Islanders. The NHL also coming up with an announcement, and I'm wondering what Islander fans think about this. The seven teams that did not participate in the extended postseason after the COVID-19 lockout. That's the Ducks, Sabres, Red Wings, Kings, Devils, Senators, and Sharks. They apparently, according to TSN's Pierre Lebrun, will be getting extra time to work before training camps resume for the other 24 teams. It's unknown yet how long that extension will be, but the proposal is up to uh, two more weeks of additional camp. Now, on the one hand, you might be saying, hey, that doesn't sound all that fair, but you got to remember, 24 teams participated in the extended playoff or resumption of play. Seven teams haven't played a hockey game since mid-March, and their players, if they remained on that team, also haven't played. So, Mixed feelings about it, but I think overall it's probably a fair thing to allow those teams to have a little bit of extra time to prepare for the season. And no, the Islanders will not be able to, you know, get that playing time in. And, and look, the players that, for example, were on one of those teams to end last year and then signed somewhere else will also not be able to participate in it this year as far as getting that extra training is concerned. But as long as all the other 24 teams have enough time to prepare for the season, that's what matters. And this season is going to be different. If the NHL is hoping to start on July, uh, January 1st and still hoping to play 82 games, you got to know there are going to be not that many days off, a lot of back-to-back -back games, three games in four nights kind of a thing, and the players are going to have to be in shape and ready for that, so it's something to certainly keep an eye on. 
When we come back, we'll talk about a team the Islanders may be able to make some trades with. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and our look at Josh Bailey. All that and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you did to adapt. Read Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius. It's available now wherever books are sold. So, again, there is a team out there that has really announced that they are committed to rebuilding. And yesterday, that team, the Chicago Blackhawks, sent a letter to season ticket holders saying it was committed to a rebuild after they had traded goaltender Corey Crawford, at, uh, at, rather traded Brendan Saad and allowed Corey Crawford, their Stanley Cup winning goaltender, to leave via free agency. And the letter basically said, we are committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We more, want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there an effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. Well, okay, all well and good, but here comes the question. What happens to some of these veteran players like Jonathan Taves, who is their captain, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, all of these players are under contract for several years to come, and they basically are not thrilled with this decision. Here's Jonathan Taves, bottom line, I want to win. The expectations for the other leaders on this team and myself is to come ready to train training camp every year to be a playoff team. We prepare ourselves to win a cup for our fans. I've never been told that we were going through a rebuild. Well, now the question becomes, are any of these players possibly available? And do the Blackhawks then become a potential trade partner with some of these talented offensive players possibly ready to move on? Now, the Islanders may have to trade young prospects. They may have to trade draft picks. They also may have to unload a higher salaried player to free up the cap space to make a deal like this. But it does open the door a certain amount to have some kind of a trade with a team that has announced, hey, we're rebuilding some of their veteran, established, offensive, talented players not happy about that idea. And maybe, just maybe, the Islanders and Lou Lamorello can work out some kind of a trade. And look, who wouldn't want Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, or Jonathan Taves on this Islanders team. They have experience, they have offensive talent, and they have Stanley Cup rings, and that can only benefit a locker room like the Islanders that has admittedly a nice mix of veterans and younger guys, 
But to get guys with rings and experience like that is certainly uh, a benefit to the New York Islanders. So we'll keep you posted if any rumors follow with regard to that. Now, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. Again, we are a day early. It will be on Thursday, the 48th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Scott Lachance. Lachance, the Islanders' first pick, fourth overall in the 1991 entry draft, stayed in uh, with Boston University for one year before joining the Islanders for the 1991-92 season and remained with the Isles through midway through the 1998-99 season, then went on to play for Montreal, Vancouver, and Columbus before playing a year in Switzerland and then closing his career with the Lowell Devils of the AHL back in 2006-2007 in 819 career NHL games, 31 goals, and 143 points for Scott Lachance. And he was one of the Islanders' good young defensemen in the early 90s that helped that team go on that magical playoff run in 1993. We're going to go back and take a look at one of Scott Lachance's better games as an Islander, March 16th, 1993, at the Old Cow Palace in San Francisco Islanders, taking on the San Jose Sharks, and uh, this one a tight game, or not, Glenn Healy in goal for the Islanders, Arters Urbe, the goaltender for the Sharks, and in the first period, the Islanders draw first blood, Brian Mullen gets his 14th of the year from Tom Fitzgerald and Mick Vakoda, Islanders held the 1-0 lead. Then late in the period, Scott Lachance, his 6th of the year from David Volick and Patrick Flatley at 17:50. The Islanders led two to nothing. That's where it stood after 20 minutes. In the second period, Scott Lachance, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets his second goal of the game. Travis Green and Marty McGinnis with the helpers at 5:25. Islanders up three to nothing. Then, a little more than two minutes later, Pierre Turgeon scores his 45th. Darius Kasparitis and Steve Thomas with the assists. And after two periods, it was a 4 to nothing Islanders lead. In the third, the Islanders add to the lead. Steve Thomas, his 28th from Pierre Turgeon and Rich Pilon at 5.01. And then for the icing on the cake, Pat Flatley, his 10th from Ray Ferraro and Islanders' birthday of the day, Scott Lachance. That one came at 13.35. Final score from the Cow Palace, Islanders 6 and the Sharks, nothing. Glenn Healy, 26 saves to earn the shutout in this one. And it was Scott Lachance leading the way with two goals and an assist. Three points for Lachance. Steve Thomas, Pierre Turgeon, and Pat Flatley, each with a goal and an assist. Lachance, by the way, leading the Islanders with a plus three. And as far as shots on goal, Steve Thomas had seven. Pierre Turgeon had six. So, again, looking back, March 16th, 1993, a three-point night for defenseman and Islanders' birthday of the day, Scott Lachance, and tomorrow will be his 48th birthday. 
All right, when we come back, we will talk about Josh Bailey, his season and playoffs. What did he accomplish this year? Where does he fit in next year? All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, if you're like me, you've tried a lot of protein bars and You know, most of them don't taste very good, and their consistency isn't really right, but that's not true when you're talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and now it comes in 18 amazing flavors, both with nuts and nut-free. There are six new flavors like carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, caramel brownie, apple almond crisp, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. Built Bar, you can enjoy it. It tastes wonderful, but it's also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Let's talk about my favorite flavor, cookies and cream. It has 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. you'll get $10 off. Your next order. That's the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, so we continue our look at all the Islanders players on this year's roster and what they did this season, what they did in the postseason, and where their future lies with this team. And today we look at Josh Bailey coming off a season in which he played all 68 games for the Islanders. 14 goals, 43 points, surprisingly a minus 12, but Bailey sees time on the power play, sees time on the penalty kill occasionally, and is one of those players that really can fit in on any of the top three lines that you put out there. If you need Bailey to be on the second line, he will be a great fit there. He could play center, he could play wing. Um, He is very responsible in his own zone, one of the best passers, has outstanding vision, um, and and sees the ice exceptionally well. So you could always count on Josh Bailey to do that when it comes to playing hockey, and and his teammates respect what Bales can do. Bailey right now, 31 years old, and never really became the superstar top goal scorer that maybe some Islander fans were hoping when he was selected with the ninth overall pick back in 2008. But what Bailey is, is a playmaker and a guy who does all the little things well, whether it's working the puck along the boards, taking a hit to make a play, making that pass that either gets the puck out of his own zone or sets up a teammate for a good scoring opportunity. Bailey is by far, I think, the smartest Islander player out there on the ice. And in the playoffs, he really came to life. 22 games in the postseason and 20 points, which led the Islanders two goals and 18 assists for Josh Bailey. And amazingly enough, Bales had five uh, points in five of the Islanders' first six playoff games, then had a three-point game, a goal and two assists in the clincher uh, against the Washington Capitals, including uh, a game-winning goal in the series 
against Washington in game one. So here's a guy who scored two goals in the playoffs. One of them was a game winner, and he was by far the Islanders' most consistent offensive producer over the course of the playoffs. Wasn't afraid to use his body or to block shots. Had a game against Philadelphia where he had five hits, a couple of other games with four, and had three block shots in the first game against Washington. Josh Bailey can play on the first line, second line, third line, even on the fourth line if necessary, although it's not obviously his best fit. But he could check, he can pass, he can score occasionally, not going to ever be more than, let's say, a 20 to 25 goal scorer, more likely closer to 20, but he'll pick up 30, 40 assists for you and comes through in the clutch, raised his game when it counted most this year, and I think that is a big part of it. So looking ahead, I think what Josh Bailey does is give you, gives you a lot of flexibility. Now, look, the the B&B line, the Bailey, Nelson, and Bavillier line was unquestionably the Islanders' most consistent line throughout the playoffs this year. And, you know, you could keep that line together, or if the Islanders do acquire that great goal scorer, you could either keep Bailey on the second line, you could possibly move him up to the first line and try to let Bailey pass to that elite goal scorer, or you can move him down to the third line, team him with Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and you could have two very competent offensive players on that third line who were also steady checkers and good defensive players, and you could set up a situation where you have three quality scoring lines that are also, you know, good checking lines. So Bailey's flexibility really gives the New York Islanders a lot of options moving forward. I don't expect that the Islanders will look to trade Bailey. Again, I don't think they were looking to trade Devon Taves either. But at the end of the day, to me, Bailey really gives you so much flexibility, can play on any of those top lines. And also, you know, like I said, he'll play on the power play, usually on the second power play unit where if you give a guy like Josh Bailey extra space, you know, he can really create and set up goals. And then he can also kill penalties. So Josh Bailey really, uh, to me, one of the more valuable players on this team. Smart, good guy, too. Anytime I've had a chance to interview Bales, he's always nice to talk to and, and generous with his time. But, you know, to me... Uh, Josh Bailey sort of is one of the heart and soul players on this New York Islanders team, and I think he will be a part of the team going forward. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Join us tomorrow when we'll have more of the uh, review of all the Islanders players from this season and a look at their season, their playoffs, and their future with the team. Also, of course, we'll have the latest news about the Islanders on the free agent market and the trade front. So make sure you join us. Our episodes drop around 12.25 a.m. And uh, that means that night owls can listen before bed, early risers. If you subscribe to the show, it'll be in your podcatcher of choice when you wake up in the morning waiting for you. But join us 
for Islanders coverage you can't get anywhere else. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.